Welcome to A Life in Biography. I'm going to call this an emergency podcast. It's a response to an email that I received yesterday from one of the listeners to this podcast. I'm going to read you uh, her email. I'm not going to identify her or her subject. In fact, I don't know who her subject is. But here's her email. I wondered if you could direct me to an episode of your podcast or, or reading material and how to proceed when the character of the person you are writing about remains hidden because of a lack of primary sources. As far as one of my podcasts, this is it. Uh, reading material, I'll mention that in a moment. The person I'm writing about has been dead a long time, 1929. His descendants don't know anything about him, and there are no diaries. I can reconstruct his life through other sources, as newspapers and letters written by him to art dealers in this case. I can reconstruct his whereabouts pretty accurately through indexes as ship records to the U.S. All that said, I do not feel confident enough to write about the man himself, I can write about his life, more or less, but not about his motives, his driving force. Do you have any advice as to proceed from here? Thank you very much. That's the email I received yesterday. Okay, uh, reading material. Two books to read uh, would be one of the classics, The Quest for Corvo. And the other, more recent, um, Ian Hamilton's In Search of J.D. Salinger. I recommend those two books because they're both about biographers who ran into trouble in terms of either finding sources about the person they're writing about or being blocked from using certain sources. J.D. Salinger sued uh, the biographer Ian Hamilton. So those are two, two books that are important. Now... There are some primary sources, letters written by him to art dealers, by this subject to art dealers. So that's a primary source. And in those letters, of course, you're going to learn something about that person, not just what that person did, but something about that person's style and characteristics that you may very well be able to, um, from that, those letters, infer certain things about that subject's personality, obviously. One thing I would caution you against that I see many biographers do, uh, a phrase that they use when they say their subject must have felt, I just don't like must have because it excludes other possibilities. A subject can surprise you. You may say what the subject did or felt uh, is likely, probably. Uh, sometimes people say almost certainly. I don't particularly like that either. <clears throat> or surely. Not so good. Um, uh, there's nothing wrong with speculation. But let's back up a bit. Uh, who is this person you're writing about? So that's one of the things you have to talk about right at the beginning of the biography. And also, why are you interested in this person? What are your motivations? I think uh, one of the things that happens in the quest for Carvo and in search of J.D. Salinger, is that you learn about the biographer. Often you don't learn that much about the biographer because the biographer does have primary sources. And the biographer knows that you're coming to the book because you're interested in the subject. But in this case, 
uh, what what um, uh, the authors of the Quest for Corvo and in search of J.D. Salinger are doing is they're making a virtue of necessity. They have to talk about the quest and why the quest is important and what was involved in the quest. What are you doing when you do that? You're getting the reader on your side. You're involving them in the story. Um, you're, going to, you're going to invite their sympathy in a way without asking for it, really, uh, to explain. Uh, but you've got to say why this, this person is important and specifically why this person is important to you. Now, there are a couple other things. Uh, the writer of this email mentions not, not only records, uh, but newspaper articles, accounts of what the subject did. Well, who's mentioned in those newspaper accounts? Just the subject, not the subject's friends? The places where the subject went? Um, perhaps the uh, person who wrote me this email already has gone down this road. But one of the things you're going to be doing is building up the cultural context of this person in this time, who I guess died in 1929. Uh, the cultural context is going to be very important. Um, and as I say, so are your motivations. How are you going to reconstruct them? Reconstruct the person's life. Um, you're making it a story about reconstruction. Uh, and you may very well be talking about, uh, and you may be referring to the quest for Corvo or In Search of J.D. Salinger or other books. I'll mention one of mine, Confessions of a Serial Biographer, where many times it wasn't the lack of primary sources exactly, but it was uh, instances where I was blocked from direct access to my subject who might have been living or dead, uh, blocked by estates, for example. Um, and again, you become part of the story, which often isn't true. And sometimes those books, like The Quest for Corvo, have become a classic. Uh, and part of the reason I think they become a classic is because there is this interaction between the biographer and the subject, the biographer and sources, the going back and forth between things. I think that's what makes those books interesting. And in a way valuable because most of the time as biographers, we don't get to do that. People get annoyed if we spend a lot of time uh, talking about our handling of sources. But when the very idea of finding a story becomes a quest, then I think uh, you're, uh, as I say, you're making a virtue of necessity. The person you are writing about, she says in her email, email you're writing about remains hidden because of a lack of primary sources. There's a discussion in and of itself. Um, the extent to which biographers, in a sense, can be taken prisoner by their primary sources. Uh, sometimes without those sources, uh, and when you become inventive about finding other ways of writing about your subject, um, the style of the biography becomes more interesting uh, because uh, you're not doing what R.G. Collin would call scissors and paste history. You're not just putting together sources. You're generating a kind of knowledge which is coming out of yourself. 
So it's a difficult task, especially I go back to these words in the um, uh, email about the subject's motives and driving force. Well, uh, the driving force, in a sense, is you. How did you, as I said, how did you come to this subject? Why are you telling us about this subject? I think that becomes part of uh, what the story is going to be. And I think if you introduce the book that way as a kind of a quest story, then I think you're, you're perfectly... Um, You've been given the license, the liberty to speculate. Not to tell the reader, as I say, what must have been or what the subject must have felt, but um, things you can infer. The other thing you might do is look at biographies of uh, ancient figures um, about whom relatively little is known in which the biographer has to uh, reconstruct the story from minimal sources, where there are no diaries, the subject has left no account. Um, that might be one way also um, to do it. I'm reading a book now called The West. Um, uh, the author is dealing with several authors in the ancient world. She does, however, use the words they must have felt or must have been, which I don't like. But nevertheless, there's a lot about, for instance, Herodotus and where Herodotus came from and why he lived, why he lived in Greece and why he had to leave Greece. Uh, and Herodotus never tells us, but by explaining the historical cultural context, we begin to understand, and, and yoking that in a sense to what Herodotus does say in his histories, we are getting a kind of biography uh, without primary sources. So anyway, those are a few things to think about. Uh, I've all, I'm always telling biographers, biographers that you have to take control of your story. Uh, and the quest narrative, uh, when you're, you have a paucity of sources, uh, means you're even re you're relying on yourself even more, uh, and you're you're writing in a sense a kind of a kind of autobiography in a way. You have to be comfortable with that, uh, but I don't see any any way around it. So those are some words anyway uh, in this emergency podcast that I hope will help this biographer on her way, and maybe of some use to you if you encounter similar problems. Thanks for listening.